citizens of the verse. Today is September 9th, 2951, and welcome to another episode of Readcast. We're a weekly Star Citizen podcast sponsored by the Read Organization. I'm your host, Way Too Geeky, and I'm joined by my co-host, the man who rates ships like he does supermodels on a runway, Mr. Seagard Olson. Say hello, Seagard. <laughs> hello, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I came uh, up with that one on the fly. (laughs) I do not, for 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 fear of my wife, I do not rate supermodels on runways. (laughs) Good good man. Mrs. Seagard must be pleased. (laughs) Yes, yes. Um, So, uh, Chekhov is back in his fugue state where we don't know where he is. (laughs) That's right. So, we'll see. He gets those special missions. That's right. Normally we record on Tuesday nights, so um, it's a little bit uh, confusion as to if he was going to join or not. Um, if we if we don't record on a normal night, it's like a 50-50 shot. Um, and we could say whatever we want about him because he never listens to our own podcast. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> He's a Russian spy. Tonight. No. <laughs> I don't um, know where he is tonight. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I have to say, it sounds like neither of us spent a lot of time in the verse this past week. Um, I was hey, in Delaware. Little, I, had a, I had some problems. Yeah, I had some technical issues that prevent me from really getting in. Oh yeah, what was the what was the what was the problem? So I, I kept um, I kept getting in, but I would have some I would have some issues with crashes, or my graphics card would go dark. Um, oh, no. I'd lose the image. Um, I had a couple other things like that. Mostly, I just could not get get through the logins again, and I did a reset um, yesterday. Mm-hmm. So um, I got in today, and everything seems to be pretty okay. good. So, yeah, my I every once in a while it'll just switch over where it's like for some reason when I try to log in, um, it lets me log in. I get into the menu just fine, and then when I try to actually get into a server. It takes forever, and then ultimately just boots me back out into the login. Um, and then when I do a character reset, it works again. So if anyone's experiencing that drama, that's that's the solution that I found. Um, so we'll, you know, hopefully that's the case for everyone. Um, but it is a, a little bit of a pain. Um. Well, uh, you know, we have a lot to talk about this pat from this past week. Uh, so why don't we dive right into it? Uh, first and foremost, on Inside Star Citizen, we got a look at some of the ships that are in the pipeline for you know short term slash near release. Uh, and first look we got was at uh, more white box box images of the Drake Vulture, which is coming along quite nicely. We also got a look at a near-complete Ares, Ion, and Inferno. Um, we got, and, and they talked about how they're just really kind of finalizing some of the component blockouts for those ships. Uh, the Redeemer is in release prep phase and looks great. You know, looks pretty fully fleshed out. You could tell it's an Aegis ship for sure. Um, and looks like it'll be a really fun gunship. Uh you know, and they, they did mention how it's no longer a dropship, but a gunship hybrid. 
um, and will have, or I mean, it's no longer a dropship and gunship hybrid, but a gunship um, with instead of three crew, it has four. I like um, that. Yeah, it looks it looks really nice. I mean, I I can't say much about it because I I actually came to the verse a little later than that competition. Oh, okay. Yeah. But, you know, considering that they tried to integrate an, a team's vision before they had a complete style guide for any of the manufacturers, I think they did a good job. <laughs> oh, yeah. The teams were very, they did, all the ships are really cool. Yeah. And there was one that was a little more masculine. I, not that this is not a, a, a rough and you know, rough and tough looking ship, but it, it just looked more... Um, blocky and gunship like it it really yeah. had the bow slanger maybe it was called the bow slanger oh so hmm. I mean, it was it was pretty cool a lot of people thought it should have won i i think they all looked pretty good and i was happy that any of them were even selected i thought it was a cool idea i can't remember but i did watch those videos way back when when i first right. started getting geeking out about the game um but i can't remember the others <laughs> Yeah, um, we were also treated to a sprint report with a lot of good stuff. Um, first and foremost, they showed off some new guns by Volt, an SMG that had electron damage, an LMG with electron damage, as well as a new laser sniper rifle. They showed us a, a use case for laser trip mines and how they might be used in. Anything from, well, the example that they used was with a derelict and they were floating in space and the the player character was moving them out of the way with their tractor beams. Um, we got to look at a couple locations in Orizon that are going to show up in 315. Uh, so Cousin Crows, where we're going to be able to change some stuff on our ships, at least long term. Uh, we don't know how much functionality will be in 315. Um, the Crusader showroom, we sort of saw a further look of that, um, as well as some of the cutaway displays that they're going to have in the showroom of things like the mother of all bombs and things, um, similar to what we're seeing in the discovery center. Uh, we got a look at auxiliary lighting in the Habs, uh, and where that is. Um, I think one of the coolest things that they showed off was the new glass window shader that they're working on, which makes windows in cities look way more realistic because you can actually see through the glass into an apartment based on the lighting state that the apartment has <laughs> it was so cool and then um we got a 3d skeleton interface for hospitals as well as a first look at concepts for cybernetic cybernetic limb replacements yeah. um lots of different options and styles ranging from something that looks like you picked it up on tattooing all the way to something that looks like you picked it up in a futuristic you know micro slash you know orison location uh what'd you think of the episode uh Seagard, did I, you actually liked it. I, I liked it and i definitely yeah. liked the part about the uh about the uh the cybernetics i mean uh, you know i think i think that is going to be such a cool aspect of the of the game you know character customization is everything to me i think yeah it's, you know um you know if we should just make a fatter guy so i could get my more lifelike punchy yeah. body and maybe just put the put the backpack in front on my guy i don't know <laughs> if only if only they could have designed for different body weights yeah. in advance 
because I mean, if they did it now, they'd have to change almost anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, I know. Even if I could just get my face to look older, but uh, you know, it, uh, it's funny. I, I think that up. you'll be able to do. I, sure. I make my guy as old as I can, and I look at him. He looks like a teenager. It's like, ah, oh, come on. <laughs> I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward to beards because I am a bearded man myself. Gotcha. Um, I don't know if I'll be able to recreate me, and I also don't think I look very um, captainy or minister right. of sciency. Right. Um, but you know, still want a beard. Yeah. The, you know, the other thing I would say is that, you know, Chekhov brought it up, you know, many times in one of our past uh, sessions about, you know, is the hospital going to be more like a prison? Is it going to mm-hmm. work in a sense that you're going to be there for time? Uh, and I, you know, I, I'm still really mixed on that, right? I mean, it's, yeah. uh, I, I would like to be able to, to rehabilitate an injury relatively quick, even if I go out in an in like an unhealed state, not a completely healed yeah. state. All right. So maybe, you know, maybe they can use advanced technology to close all the wounds and get the tissue to grow to a point where it'll heal uh, back to a hundred percent, but it takes time yeah. for chemicals. Yeah. So you can, you know, I'd love to see, but you know, my guy walk out with a sling. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and that type of stuff means that now you may have to fly a ship and go to the places where you can get on and off with it, without a, a external flight suit on, right? Yeah. And I think that type of stuff could drive a lot of really cool gameplay. Um, I mean, who knows where they're going to go? I have. I mean, we're going to learn a little bit more about it this week because um, yeah. that's that's the whole. I mean, unless they do something else, right. that's the bulk of what they're talking about in ISC this week. Um. I would imagine it's not going to be, if I had my guess, it's not going to be like prison. It's going to be a good indicator for what repairing a ship will look like. Could be, yeah. You're right. You know, that's a good point. You know, because prisons, like, I don't know. I guess we'll see. I mean, we, we did get a look. At, I don't know if you're on Instagram, Seaguard, but. No, I, I'm not. Oh, so every week Jared posts a teaser of Inside Star Citizen, and one of the things that he showed um, was um, all the different new medical devices that oh, they'll have, cool. the different types of stims and pens that have different causes or treatments. So Very they're cool. definitely sort of fleshing this out more than I think I initially thought, at least to some degree. I think it's cool. I think yeah. it's cool. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting. Um, and then Star Citizen Live was with Richard Tyrer, who um, is a wealth of information and, and talks about all sorts of things. Um, but some highlights from that conversation, it was about an hour, just under an hour, um, were that uh, he's moved over in addition to being the um, – one of the pillar directors with the PU, he's now also overseeing um, the uh, Squadron 42, what was it, FPS team? Yeah, and I, I started to watch that, and I didn't get a chance to finish it. I, I didn't get a chance to finish it either, but I went Nubifier mode and got the, the download from him. Oh, okay. Um, I did watch a good chunk of it. It's just I 
it's a long episode to watch and I was away this weekend. I, I go away a lot lately. Um, anyway, so he was saying how they've been uh, optimizing Squadron 42 workflows. Um, and a, a lot of that has to do with the fact that some of the features that are going to be in um, in the game will likely um, start off in Squadron 42 and then get fully fleshed out before being launched in the PU. Um, so it's a plus side, minus side kind of thing because, you know, you're going to get more, um, you know, much more fully fleshed out features, but we're probably going to have a gap um, where the features have, aren't going to release as quickly as original originally. So that's just something to, to consider. Um, and then, um, and then he also talked about, uh, physical damage, body dragging, physical components and, and player actor are now one big task. Um, the actor feature team is focused on the broader game. Um, Tech, oh, I already said this, but Tech will move to Squadron 42 first, then to the PU. Hacking's an example of a feature that can't just be released on its own because it needs to be integrated in so many other features. Um, but then you look at dragging a trolley, and you you see a feature like that where it has absolutely no purpose right now, um, but has a small touchstone into a lot larger features in the game. Um, you know, for example, actor status, which is food, hydration, damage, heat, cold, atmosphere. They all have smaller sets of tiers, similar to how dragging a trolley is. Um, we're, they mentioned how we're going to have huge feature segments on healing and inventory. We already know that this week's Inside Star Citizen is all about healing. They talked about radar and scanning and how it'll eventually be moving to a handheld version as well. Uh, EVA is going to have fuel, be decoupled. It'll involve zero G push and pull as well as the tractor beam and inner thought and HUD are getting a change um, from the uh, personal inventory team. And it, the features in there will be completely customizable based on what you're wearing. Um, you know, how many, how many slots you have on your suit, etc. Uh, so yeah, as I mentioned, ISC will be about healing and how it's going to be a huge change to the verse. And then Star Citizen Live is supposed to be, they did not announce what it was yet, but I actually wanted to just double check the site really quick because sometimes. I'm uh, sorry to interrupt, it. but I see you guys are well on your way. You scared us, Chekhov. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome. Better to have you than not. And even better, um, a little bit behind the scenes insight. Normally, when Chekhov joins us mid midstream, um, we actually, the episode shuts down, but it's still recording, which is great. You there, Chekhov? So Yes, so okay. it's all good. Yeah. I'm glad. I'm glad that uh, I did not interrupt. Go ahead. Don't let me interrupt. Oh, that was it. Um, they uh, still haven't. Good. So I guess they still haven't announced the Star Citizen Live episode uh, this week. But check off if we could. Why don't we go back a little bit? Um, because we didn't get a chance to hear what you've been up to this week. So why don't you tell us 
about what you did this past week? Oh, uh, well, of course, the Xeno threat, and uh, it was uh, really a lot of fun for me and pretty lucrative. Uh, the the only thing, and actually too lucrative, but uh, I, I guess a lot of players uh, ended up losing gear and money, and I, for some reason, gained an extra million. Don't know where it came from, but... Uh, was just a fluke but uh, but anyway i love xenofret i hope it comes around more often and i think there's been a consensus from a lot of people and uh, yeah that was pretty much it that was everything pretty doing it every day almost awesome yeah i i did it until i w- went away this weekend um and then missed the last bit of it um, after I got back, because I got back on Monday, and then that was it. It was done um, Monday night, right? Yep, yep. Monday. Yeah. I thought it was going to be Tuesday. Actually, the way they said it, it was weird. But it's Tuesday, GMT I guess, midnight. Yeah, GMT or UTC, whatever it is. Right, right. Well, it is what it is, you know. Welcome, Chekhov. By the way, yeah, I was welcome. on mute. I was trying to welcome you ten times over. I was like, man, he's so rude. He's not answering me. <laughs> <laughs> Such a rude check off. I know. I lost <laughs> track of time. It was, uh, you know, re- real life came. You Hashtag know, real those, life. Yes, those awful errands that you have to do. I hear you. Oh, I was yeah. doing um, laundry at the laundromat around the corner before this, and I was running home with a giant bag of laundry with, like, my, my all my bedding. <laughs> I was like sweating, <laughs> trying to get back. <laughs> but I had time to make a drink. <laughs> yeah, and, and make the podcast on That's time. Right. That's right. Well, we weren't on time, but it's close enough. Uh, so, uh, phase two of the ship showdown started this week, and we've got some really interesting matches up against each other. Uh, first and foremost, the first round today is the C2 Hercules against the Caterpillar. Uh, Hercules is out on top by quite a bit. Yeah, I'm surprised. Um, next. I voted, I voted not realizing. I actually thought the Hercules was ahead. When I cast my vote and looked down, I went, wow, okay. No, the Hercules is ahead, know. yeah. It is. Yeah. yeah, the Hercules is. I kept thinking it was reversed. Oh, I looked at the yeah. numbers and read it wrong. I was like, oh. Yeah, I voted for the Hercules because I, uh, well, I, like, I like Drake ships too. Uh, they're still probably my least favorite. <laughs> right. <laughs> I like all the ships, but no, you know what? I, I dislike the alien ships the most, actually. Um, mostly the Van Duel. Like, to me, it seems like a crazy, mm. it seems like I, a crazy concept to recreate your enemy ship and then fly it around. Like, that's going to scare some people. I guess you're yeah. not going to like my latest purchase. Oh, I bet it's uh, <laughs> Blade. No, Cartel. Oh, that one's cool. They're yeah. not our enemy either. Right. I yeah. got it for the coolness fact. You know what I got it for? One thing that doesn't work for the lights. Oh. Uh, and my lights do not work on this ship. And I don't know what to do. But it's supposed it. to be highly um, maneuverable. It is. Yeah, that's exactly what I really got. I really, it, it really fast. is. It's incredibly it's fast. Yeah, that it is. So um, I thought what would be good is almost like we're filling in our March Madness brackets. Let's talk about the rest. So it seems like a pretty 
dead giveaway that Hercules is running. Um, who would you want to win out of the out of the combo, Seaguard? Uh, out of this, uh, I out did see two and Caterpillar. Yeah, I like the C two. Yeah. Um, let's mm. let's put this way. I like the C two because it's a two person ship, and it lets you carry a good sized cargo load. I think that is a great mix. I like the layout of the of the um, Caterpillar much more. Yeah. All right. I mean, I think you know I've been on cargo carriers and car carriers and roll on and roll offs, and they look nothing like the upper deck of a Hercules. I mean, these yeah. things are cramped, and you know, and I, I think that Drake a Caterpillar really captures that a lot. Yeah. Um, but I did find that flying them, that the two-person crew makes it much more playable in game for me. Um, you know, you're more likely to find one other person to play with instead of playing a caterpillar all by yourself. Yeah. You know? <clears throat> and um, I think that you do get to see your cargo more. You know, you kind of walk around and see your cargo, and uh, and it flies amazingly well, and its landing gear is better suited to some of the rougher conditions. I, I have a hard time yeah. landing the Caterpillar in some of the more mountainous areas. Yeah. What about you, Chekhov? <clears throat> who, who would you have wanted to win if we didn't know, uh, yeah, you know who I was mean, already I'm, winning? I'm, I'm also kind of forward-looking. I, 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 I don't get too nostalgic, especially when it comes to technology. I mean, you know, you, you want to encourage, obviously, CAG to to do more, build more, and not to dwell on the past. And, uh, yeah, I, I would go with the C2 also. Nice. I, I would say the same. I just like I just love the, the Crusader aesthetic. Plus, it's always nice to see the new ships get, get ahead in some way. To, um, to me, the Crusader is more like a, an airplane. Yeah. Whereas the Caterpillar is more like a ship. Yeah, a lot of Crusader has a very. I mean, I can only wait. I, I can't wait to see the the. Um, why can't I think of the name of it? The Genesis Starliner. Yeah. Mm. Especially now that they've really fleshed out the Crusader style guide, I I have a feeling that puppy's going to look a little bit different. Yeah, I got one, so I'm waiting. Oh, yeah, how you do. Uh, so tomorrow. The matchup is going to be, this is the most interesting, and this is the one that I think a lot of, oh no, this isn't the most interesting, but it is an interesting one. Uh, it is the Reclaimer versus the Argo Mole. Um, mm, tough one. Who do you think's going to win, and who do you want to win, Seaguard? Mm, mm, mm. um, I think, you know, I, I, I think that the, Re the Reclaimer will win. I think that the mole should win. Right? Yeah. Um, my undoubtedly my favorite ship for atmosphere and appearance and you know the dripping oil and everything is the reclaimer. I think it's the best ship in the game. It is challenging to fly. It's creepy. It's it feels worn and used. It is everything I want in a ship, you know, um, an industrial-style ship. I think the mole is absolutely gorgeous in that respect. It's like a brand-new ship. Yeah. I wish it was a little bit more dirtied up 
and had a little bit more of the grit that the well, just don't clean it, had. Seaguard. Yeah. Well, yeah, I know, right. but uh, yeah, but I mean, it needs to be scuffed up the floor yeah. plates and, and steam venting more. Yeah. Um, but I think the Reclaimer will win it, and it should. But I think the Mole is an amazing, amazing ship. They're so close in in my mind. What about you, Chekhov? What's going to win and what should win? Um, I I think it's uh, I, I think it's a reclaimer both ways should win and, and and going to win. I just you know like the mall is uh, is not. I mean it's there's there's a coolness factor to it, but 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 it's it's a ship made for a purpose. And right now, it still doesn't serve that purpose well. But it does. Yeah. It does serve its purpose better than the reclaimer does. Absolutely. Well, yeah, I guess because the reclaimer <laughs> has no purpose. Yeah. If you wanna, if you wanna use that as a, as an argument. Yeah. <laughs> right. yeah, that's true. That's true. But I, I, I agree. The reclaimer drips um, and oozes, you know, like mood. I mean, yeah, yeah. Does. where does it drip? Does it really drip oil? It really does. There's, you can go in the in the catacomb, like I call oh. catacombs, but the under spaces below the inch, cool. the, the, the inch. storage places and stuff. Yeah, and it's just dripping oh. stuff from the pipes, and there's puddles oh, on was, the floor. I was just saying, dripping and oozing. Oh, you know, no. like okay. mood. <laughs> oh, okay. it, it literally does drip the, it, in the uh, crawl spaces. It has puddles and stuff. Yeah. I mean, my yeah. guess, too, because someone was saying this in, in our um, our org Discord earlier. They were like, why would someone pit the Reclaimer versus the Mole? I think, actually, that makes sense because they're two of the most industrial-oriented ships we Absolutely. have in the game right now. Absolutely. Um, I love both ships. Um, I just want to see the mole get a win, but I don't think either of those ships is going to make it to the semifinals, so it doesn't really matter to me. Right. Um, but I think the Reclaimer will win. I mean, it won, it won top four first year. It just missed out on the semifinals last year, right. if I recall correctly. Yeah. Um, next up is, um, probably the best pairing, uh, the Carrick versus the Constellation Andromeda. Oh, I thought it was mm. the Constellation Aquila. Seaguard, mm-hmm. uh, who should win? Who will win? You know, um, I, I'm a Connie fan, but I will tell yeah, you that the Carrick should win. It is a more finished ship, but... As far as fun fun play, I think the Connie's Andromeda is an amazing, amazingly fun ship. I agree. I've always liked it. Now with the snub fighters and the turret upgrades and the new, you know, the lighting is kind of fixed in there, and they've um, it, it is amazing. It, it, it really is. It's a fantastic ship. Yeah. <clears throat> what about you, Chekhov? Yeah, well, I just bought a Connie and I and I'm loving it. And you're right with the whole, you know, it just to me it's just like they're so different. It's so you know I don't know why they pinned them one against the other. Completely different. Right. I think they had experience. no choice. I, I think that was the best approximation if you if you look at it. Yeah, 
I or guess, maybe the 600i explorer actually would have been better to put right, yes I, I agree with you that that would be because uh, at very least you know the, the whole snap fighter thing it just puts puts it for me in a little bit of a different class if this is what you're looking for i mean i you know what i did with it was just as an example which is really cool i came up to area 18 and you know it's hard to land the area 18 mm -hmm. so i left the you know connie hovering and then i took the snub fighter and landed it you know i mean things right. like that you know you can't you can't do it in any other ship right now uh but well you the know, character could but i wouldn't leave mine hovering over the city that's, well, yeah, sure. th that's true that's true you do have uh, you you have a pisces on board the right? difference though i'll say this the difference is if you want to keep your ship secure the connie automatically closes behind the snub the carry right. someone needs to close that garage door some that um hanger right. back can, can do yeah. it remotely right yeah and of course carrick has something huge over it i mean right. if you look at which is the med bed yeah you know that's that's uh, yeah. yeah i would say so the bottom line i would say carrick uh, will win uh uh but should it win? I mean, I it can I am biased, you know, because I'm, right. I'm I'm liking the Kanye too much right now. Yeah, and you know, uh, until since well, and the the Carrick is a great ship, but there's some things that there really are kind of to me like it doesn't have an elevator. You have you know how how distracting would that be in real life to say okay. Open up the front of the ship. I need to bring in the groceries. I mean, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah, that, but that's, that's like, also oh, like the big ramp comes down. And one that's guy. also like describing the difference between a car and and a much bigger vehicle. Right. I mean, it's like a yacht versus a car. I mean, and I would, you know, I would say that, um, you know, just to walk up the ramp alone would be like your physical fitness for the day. I mean, <laughs> it's like a thirty-five degree angle. <laughs> It uh, is a pretty tall, severe angle. I find yeah. it is. If you had a hangar that came down, like a a, a a saucer area that came down, like it did on the six hundred I or on the, I, I think that would make it more interesting to me. Yeah, <clears throat> that's like one kind of thing. It and it is a beautiful ship. So, uh, when it can dock, it's going to go up on a whole nother level. A hundred percent. Right. Yeah. It does, but its sensors really don't do anything more than anybody else's. It's really awkward to get into the ship. It, it's beautiful. Um, it carries a great amount of stuff, but so does the Andromeda. Uh, the Andromeda is not a small ship. No. Um, and well, neither uh, of them the can dock line. right now. The cargo wise, I think it's less than half of Carrick, though. It, it is. Well, yeah, it's also you have half to choose. You have to choose whether or not it's cargo or a vehicle. Right. Uh, what do you mean by that? Because the Carrick doesn't, ha it has dedicated cargo space and space for a vehicle. Right. Oh, oh so you t I didn't try cargo. So you, you're telling me the the ramp, the one that comes down, you cannot put cargo on it? Um, on the Carrick? But in the, no, in a, oh, no, oh, you're talking about the Carrick. Okay. Yeah, yeah but I'm, yeah, so I'm for instance, on the Andromeda, the, yeah. the, the cargo container is where the vehicle goes, so it's either a vehicle okay. or cargo, right? Unless it's a Taurus. Mm -hmm. I'm surprised the Taurus didn't make the list. By the way, I I like the Taurus. I think it's a really nice ship. 
Plus, like right. new ships, and actually, that would, in my mind, see it's hard. I think they compared the two of these ships specifically because they both have a snub, and they both yeah. have the ability to carry a vehicle. Yeah. But function-wise, the Andromeda isn't a science vessel, and the 600i Explorer is. So right. I thought that would still be a better comparison. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and it's funny because, I mean, the listen, I like both ships, and the, the Connie has been, not to paraphrase someone else's phrase, but the Connie's been made great again. <laughs> it, yeah, you're right, yeah. You know? I really even, like it. It's such a useful without, ship. Even without any other visual refreshes and like fixing any of the additional flaws that I think exist in it, it is a really fun ship, and it's a fun ship that you can crew easily. Yes. Um, I still think it's going to lose to the Carrick, and I still mm-hmm. like the Carrick better, so I still want the Carrick to win, and part of it is also me wanting to get a nice skin for the Carrick. <laughs> yeah. So, and you're right. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but, that's what it, okay. Yeah, because if you get in the semifinals, you get a skin for whatever ship you own in the semifinals. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. which, the, you know, the Carrick was the winner last year, but, it, you know, the other semifinalist ships got skins too. The Cuddy, um, the Hur- not the Hurricane, the um, Eclipse, and what was the last one? The Black, Cutlass Black? The Cuddy Black. Carrick, the Eclipse. Wasn't it the Caterpillar? Or no, the, the Caterpillar went against the Carrick first and they got knocked out. Was it the Hammerhead? No. It may have been Hammerhead. I don't know. That was year one. Year one was Hammerhead, oh, Reclaimer, Caterpillar, and Cuddy Black. Because it was that pink color. Mm-hmm. And then last year yeah. was Gold and White. I'll think of it at some point. Anyway, moving on. This is the one that everyone's like, seriously, why? Mm. Um, The MPUV Cargo versus the Freelancer Max. (laughs) (laughs) What do you think is going to win and what should win? uh, I I think that uh, the community is driving the MPUV to win. And they've done that every year. It's never made it past the first round. Oh, yeah. That's too bad. I wanted to win also, but <laughs> it is a cool little ship. If it could, if it could strap to more ships and be useful in that manner, I think it would be fantastic. Um, you know, if you could strap it to the back of a Taurus instead of the Snub Fighter, or strap it to the back of a, a Freelancer Max, or you know, something like that. Yeah, I think it would be fantastic. I mean, so far it seems like it seems like the ship to transport between capitals like between an Idris and an Idris or right but we don't even know if uh, we don't know if the Argo Bay covers all Argo varieties or just the um, personnel I think it's the personnel I guess we shall see um, what do you think so what what are the two ships now uh, car- MPUV Cargo and Freelancer Max. Oh, well, Freelancer should win. Yeah. But I would tell you that uh, the MPUV 
is a great model. I mean, I think it could be so much fun to use on ground emissions and stuff. You know, well, you know, let's say there's the atmosphere is too rough and you cannot land a big ship. Mm. Right. You got to take something else. Well, MPUV, right? <laughs> yeah, you know, I don't know. So you just I, I think it's a cool ship. Yeah. I like it. I, it definitely has a purpose. You can see it has a purpose. It's just yeah. it's not living its purpose right now because nothing yeah. carries it. Except for you can get one in a um, uh, 890 jump. Yeah, I have one. I bought one separate. Um, what about you, Chekhov? What do you think is going to win? What do you want to win? Free Freelance. Wait, we're still on a freelancer? Yeah, yeah you sort of didn't really. Yeah, you kind of like, a, yeah for, it's for a freelancer, both. Okay. Both I agree. Words. I think the yeah. freelancer is going to cinch it. Now, here's the interesting one, because the Cutlass Black has been in the top two years in a row. It's the only, is it the only one? It's, I don't know. It's if it's not the only one, it's one of the only ones. Um, but it's the Cuddy Black versus the Six Hundred I Explorer. What do you think's gonna win? Or what do you want to win, Seaguard? The Cuddy Black versus the Six Hundred I Explorer. Yeah, I feel like I that would have been better against the the, the freelancer. Truthfully. They should have flipped them and put that one up against Connie, if anything. Yeah, the freelancer or Connie, I felt like that would be a better match. Yeah, the the 600i deserves the win hands down. Hands down. It's a better looking on the inside, better looking on the outside. It's it's a beautiful ship. It's got beautiful architecture. It plays great. <laughs> but will it? it uh Yeah, I do. I do. I think it'll win. What do you think, Chekhov? Yeah, it's absolutely same here. Yeah. And the is, the black didn't have any competition in its category. Now it has ships that can compete. I think the 600i should win. I think the Cuddy's going to win again. Because I think it just has too calling. many fans. Yeah, I mean, Drake in general, people just either love Drake or you hate Drake. Mm. And it is a very versatile ship. And I think right. I think a lot of people are liking the skins, <laughs> to be honest. Wow. Yeah. They are cool. And it's a great ship, too. But, I mean, I look at the 600, and, I mean, I actually like it in some ways better than the 890 Jump. Mm. The enemy is amazing, but the 600, you can cover the entire ship in playing the game. Six, mm. the, the 890 jump is just really big. Um, and I think that the the Cutlass Black, if it had a, an interior paint job like the um, the Caterpillar, the green and the, you know, the various tones like that, I would like it much better. But it's there's a lot of ships that do what the Cutlass Black does, mm. a lot of them. Yeah, and some do them far better now. I mean, you know. Yeah, I guess we shall see. I 
I could see either winning, but I do still think that Cuddy Black will, just mm-hmm. based on past experience. The 600i has not made it. It's another ship that hasn't made it out off the first round. Mm-hmm. Well, the first round of voting. You know, These were all pulled from the community activity the past what week, week or two. Mm-hmm. Um, next one I think is a pretty easy one personally, but you guys, you guys tell me. It's the Retaliator versus the Banu Defender. Tough. Tough. Um, I would like to see the Retaliator win. And after the remake, it might have done that. Um, But the Banu is pretty impressive. (laughs) So I think the Banu will probably win. From an appearance perspective it's pretty pretty stellar looking no doubt about it yeah what uh, what do you think I, I don't think the alien ship will win and I don't think I wanted to win just, but that's just personal preference I had actually an option to get a cartool banner I decided to go with cartool um, uh, I'm not a big fan of banner Okay. I um I actually um I agree with you, Cigar. I think I actually I have two it's the same one. It's I agree the retaliator should win and I think it will. Um personally. But I guess we shall see. Um next up, um I think this one's this one's actually I said the last one was easy. This one's extremely easy. It's the Mercury Star Runner versus the Razor, the Misk Razor. Um what what should win? Mm. What do you think is gonna win, Seaguard? Yeah, Mercury Star Runner should win hands down. And 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 I it will. Yeah. Arguably yeah, one of the best ships in the game. What what do you think, yeah. Chekhov? Yeah, same. But I don't get why why they're putting them up. I think they but, just have no choice at some yeah. point. You know what I mean? Okay. Well, it's uh, definitely MSR. Yeah, I I agree, and I also think um, I think the MSR is going to win. I think it should win, and I will also say that. Um, I think the MSR is going to win the whole thing. Mm. Oof. Personally. And if it's not the MSR, I think it's going to be... I think, well, we, we could talk about what we think the outcome is going to be at the end. Um, by the way, the fourth ship last year was the Valkyrie, which isn't even in the running this year. Yeah. Um, last matchup is the Gladius versus the Saber. I think this is a great matchup, actually. I think it was a bad matchup. No? It's a light versus a medium, and one's a stealth and one's not. Yeah, but They're both from the same company, too. But people love their, like, I feel like someone chooses one or the other. If they can choose one combat ship, I feel like they go either Gladius or Saber. And, you know, they both received, well, the Gladius has received most of its gold standard finish. 
It's yeah. got only one or two more things. Yeah. It's in the game already. Most of the, uh, the gold standards. Yeah. it's only it's only fixes, right? And the saber should be, I think, is it next patch? Yeah, next yeah patch, saber's yeah. next patch. Yeah. Uh, so interesting that they're together. I think they did that on purpose. I, I would say, who should win? Who should win? I think. Um, I, I think the Gladius. I think the Gladius is uh, a pretty startling design. I like it a lot. And for some reason, to me, the... Um, what's the other one? Uh, Saber. <laughs> Saber. The Saber, it's a gorgeous ship, but somehow it looks rather plain. Yeah. Maybe it's because it's so dark all the time. Yeah. You know, if it was a green, like the color of the Gladius, you might see more of the contours and the labeling and everything. Uh, I just, every well, camo a lot of people, that I see, every skin I love the Gladius in. And uh, the view is great. You feel, you feel like you're in a fighter. A lot of people were trying to get the Saber Raven specifically because it's a unique style and then they were like well then they'll have to sell it to us but uh, as you can see that didn't work <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah what about I, you check off yeah. oh sorry uh oh, go ahead uh, yeah it's definitely saber and saber for me because i tried gladius and hated it uh as far as the you know well look is just a matter of preference but as far as the uh, better the fighter saber by far I mean, was a better fighter than Gladius. Uh, I mean, some things changed in the, in this batch, but I would still take the saber. I I think the saber. So I don't really have an opinion from how well they fight. So I'm just going to go by aesthetics, <laughs> and yeah. I'm also going to make the assumption that they're both going to be equally usable. So it's not going to be a basis of how far along the Gladius is compared to the saber, right? I like the Sabres look better. Slightly. They both look really good. I mean, and they both look like Aegis ships. It's just, I, I like the Sabre looks just a little bit more sleek, a little bit more, um, a little less sort of like militaristic, which, you know, is funny since it's a, they're both fighters, but I just kind of like its look a little bit. Now, what I think would be really cool is, I, I know last time we did this we failed, so you know I I don't expect we're not going to this time. But who do you think the top four are going to be, and who do you think the winner of the whole thing is going to be? What are your predictions, C card? Okay, my top four certainly the Carrick will be in the top four. Mercury Star Runner will be in the top four. Um, uh, I would say so. Uh, so to give you an option two. here, okay. What's that? For those two, for sure, I can see in the top. Um, so then the other options you have based on the bracket are the Hercules Cat Caterpillar Reclaimer and Mole would be. I think. Yeah, I would say the C2 and the mole. 
No, so so it's it can't. The, oh, that's one. They're, they're going to compete off. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I would think it'll be the C two, and then the other chunk is the Cuddy, the six hundred I, the Retaliator, and the Banu Defender. Ooh. Hmm. I would say a lot of people don't like the six hundred I. Um, I'm going to go with what I like in 600i. All right. So your vote is you think the top four are going to be the C2 Hercules, the Carrick, the 600i, and the Mercury Star Runner. Right. Who's going to win the whole shebang? Mercury Star Runner. <laughs> You're fighting no. against it. Because <laughs> the C2, the C2. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, I would venture I, to say but, more people own the Star Runner. Yeah, and I, to be honest with you, I think the C, the MSR is a more interesting ship. The C two is great because it's big and it's it's got cool lines and it looks good. The MSR, I mean, we've done it as gunners and we've done it as pilots, and it's fun to play. And it is it's our versus um, right now, at least, unless something else comes up, it's the Millennium Falcon of the Star Citizen universe. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, what about you, Chekhov? What do you think? Um, and I'm happy so to the list four. the groupings if you want. No, no, it's okay with the four. I think I can take this one. Four. So the four, uh, I would say the MSR, um, I think uh, I have to go with the. Believe it or not, I may go with the Connie. Uh-huh. Uh, then I'll go with Cody Black. Uh-huh. So that's three. Uh-huh. And uh, and the C two is going to be there. Yep, those are all valid, valid okay. selections. Who's going to win the whole shebang? MSR. Yep. Um, I'm going to do um, – I'm actually doing a combination of the two of you two. I think it's the C2, Hercules. I think the Carrick is going to be in there. I think it's going to be the Cuddy, and I think it's going to be the MSR. And I think the MSR is going to win. They're all good chips. All yeah. four of those are good. I mean, I just, I'm always like, part of it's like I want to see skins on some of these, and part of it's, I just think, uh, between mass appeal, excitement, like, I remember last year, everyone was like, next year the MSR is going to give the character a run for its money. Mm. If if they were pitting the MSR versus the Carrick in this first round, and not in the finals, because that's how it's breaking out right now, um... I would definitely think the MSR would win. Um, yeah. But they didn't do that. So they pit it. Like, they didn't pit the Carrick against anything that's gotten past. Like, I don't think Akani's gotten past the first round. Um, so, but I will say, I'll see this again. Because it's been made much more functional, and we also can't. We can't discount the fact that more people are playing the game today than were a year ago. Right. Um, so, and and some people who were playing a year ago might not be engaged in in the game right now. So, mm-hmm. 
We shall see. Anything can happen. I'm excited to cover it again next week. Yeah. No lie. No <laughs> lie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So because we're a day late, uh, we did get another roadmap roundup. Um, so just to go through the big block text first, uh, last week on Star Citizen Live, Richard Tyrer outlined a few changes that are coming to the core gameplay pillars release cadence. Um, to summarize, the core gameplay teams, actor feature, actor tech, weapon feature, weapon content, are shifting their focus to delivering their features for Squadron 42 first before they are then released to the Persistent Universe. This has a twofold benefit. Squadron 42 will benefit greatly from the additional resources, and the Persistent Universe will see features in a more complete state. This does, however, make an impact to the release view of the roadmap. While some features may shift, it's important to remember that you can track the progress of uh, any given feature on the progress tracker, which will remain unchanged. In addition, with this publish, we are also adding the column for Q2 2022 release window, Alpha 318. Additional features will be added as their schedules are further locked in. So with that being said, uh, here's the roadmap roundup. So notable changes on the release view. The following cards have been added to release view. Uh, Scoreboard UI improvements, so converting the scoreboards in Arena Commander and Star Marine to work with building blocks. The new interface will give players real-time access to position, name, rank, score, objectives, kills, death, assets, and ping. Uh, Pirate Swarm and Vanduul Swarm improvements. A detailed rebalance of the waves in Arena Commander's Pirate Swarm and Vanduul Swarm modes aiming for a more engaging player experience in these modes. Uh, The following features have passed their final review for 3.15 and have been updated to committed. So they are, you know, unless something crazy happens, going to show up in the game uh, in 3.15. So actor feature, personal inventory, tech healing tier zero, and PC healing. Physical, local inventory support. The Asset Manager MobiGlass app. Doctor and Nurse AI behaviors. The Cure Life medical tool. The Gray Cat multi-tool healing attachment. And scoreboard UI improvements. Uh, Due to the aforementioned changes in release strategy, these features will require additional time from the Persistent Universe teams to implement. To learn more about these changes, make sure to watch the replay of last week's episode of A Star Citizen Live, um, where, where Richard Tyrer dives deep into the core gameplay release cadence and sheds some light onto these changes, um, uh, how these changes positively impact the verse. Therefore, the following features have either been moved to a new release window or removed temporarily while their schedules are locked down. Uh, what's been moved to 318? Uh, FPS radar and scanning. Actor feature EVA tier two, hacking tech, uh, zero G push and pull, uh, and then remove temporarily in order to reschedule cutting tier zero and weapon charge drain tier zero. Um, So uh, anything that makes you guys tear up on the inside uh, that's been moved? Or, you know, I guess, I, and maybe even before we go into that, 
Is this a good thing, a bad thing? Are you indifferent about it? How do you feel? Uh, Seagar? Indifferent. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, same here. Not very significant. Oh, 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 I'm sorry. What did you say was happening to hacking? Hacking moved to 318, which is Q2 of 2022. Yeah, that's probably the only thing I'm kind of excited about, the the, the hacking. I could just... Yeah, it would be. I mean, he, be a fun game. That bit. was the main feature that he he really sort of talked about as needing to impact a lot of different features. I think, I think in this case, that is going to be something that it may come out later, but it'll be more robust. You know, versus having tier one, tier two, tier mm-hmm. three. Well, you know, I mean, it's still gonna. It's only tier zero still, but. I think it'll be a better tier zero, and it won't require a rework, which is good. Um, okay, um, awesome. Yeah, I think so. Nothing too crazy. FPS radar, I can wait for. It's not a big deal. Uh, push and pull has been pushed and pulled multiple times. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot it was even still on there. Um, so, and I don't really care about weapon charge. Slash drain. Uh, so Seaguard, that brings us to the point where you do your thing and talk about ships like their runway models. Yeah, yeah. So this was interesting when I tried this to be better than the ship the last one. So I picked four ships I think have some unique characteristics about them. They're all single seaters, but they all bring a unique piece of gameplay that is kind of to be discovered yet in many ways. Mm-hmm. The impact is to be discovered. So, first one we've actually talked about before is the Mantis, right? It definitely brings unique gameplay. The second one is the Drake Herald, right? It brings the ability as a data runner. Um, the third one is the Terrapin, which arguably is a Pathfinder, but it seems to do more than that. It seems to be more capable than that and more versatile. And the last one is the Hornet Tracker, which we've never really talked about. So I was, I, I wanted to get a sense of, uh, you know, give my two cents on what I think and then get a sense from each of you on how you felt about them. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm intrigued by all of these ships because they do seem to be more than the sum of their parts. Uh, like if you can capture data but you're really fast, um, you know, I think that's a unique thing that the MSR doesn't do. It can capture comms, but it doesn't necessarily get to run the data fast for you, right? It's, it's, that's something that's unique to the Drake Herald. The ability to yank people out of the quantum flight when the Mantis is unique. Um, and then the, uh, I guess, actually, it's the ability to, prevent them from jumping again, I guess, which is neat, unique. The, uh, the no, tracker... No, the yank, the yank is, is unique. Is yank? Okay. Yeah. Uh, and then the tracker, you know, is similar in the sense to the Terrapin, but they seem to have uh, a similar class of, of scanner, but one appears to be... Um, it just appears to be a single-seater... Um, kind of a carrier-based, smaller package that can, and this is the Hornet tracker, it can fly with the fighters equally as well as it could, you know, uh, whereas the 
the Terrapin cannot. The Terrapin seems to be geared to go into the real hostile environments, and I don't necessarily mean alien hostility. I do mean um, its armor, I think, will protect it from many astrological conditions, mm. intense sun heat or radiation and things like that. Um, so those are the ships I thought about today. Uh, of the Of the four ships... Three of them have beds. The Hornet is the only one that does not. All right. Um, of the four ships, the Hornet is the only one that's classified as a command and control ship. Um, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. The mm-hmm. trackers to act as mobile CNC ships for their squadrons. So it brings something unique. Um, <clears throat> certainly the Hornet is not the fastest in the group. I think that actually the Mantis or the Mantis or the Herald are probably almost as fast as each other. Actually, the Mantis is not nearly as fast. I thought it was much faster than that. Mantis actually is the slowest. I always yeah, thought it was much faster in the game. I always thought it was much, much faster. It's, it, it's, um, it has a good turn radius, though. Yeah. Even the Terrapins at 210 SCM. Um, so, you know, I think that the armor of the Terrapin is something that's unique in the game. The ability to, we know it can it can reduce its, its heat uh, signature by mm-hmm. closing up its armor. It can protect itself with its armor. Um, it's got a, a good scanner. It's got a decent fuel range. Um, it can go pretty far. Um, you know, those are kind of my thoughts. To me, I think the tracker is the one to be discovered. Um, really, what it, what is it going to provide for a squadron that isn't already available? I would feel better if the tracker was on the Super Hornet hull, the two ship two ship mm-hmm. thing. But um, it's the Hornet is the only ship in the game that's declared as a true carrier based ship. Yeah. So that that also brings some surprises. It's the only, certainly the only one of the four, but the Hornet class is the only one in the game called a, a carrier base. Yeah. So for me, I think that um, I would have to pick of these. I think the Mantis right now has the most potential uh, in game right now. With the Terrapin and Drake not really doing much in game right now, other than just performing as a normal ship. The Hornet, I think, is similar, but it's 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 actually got some good hard points. So I think it's almost an effective con- consideration as a, as a medium fighter. Um, in the long run, I would have to go with the, with the Terrapin being the one that I'm kind of, I'm, I'm waiting to see what they're going to do with the most with that. Okay. What are your thoughts? What do you think, Chekhov? I love the Herald. That's actually my next ship. So it's a great-looking uh, ship on the inside. It's fantastic. Yeah, that's the talk about Moody. I know that's yeah. the one that really speaks to me. You know, space, expense. You know, all that. So that would be the one for me for sure. The, the rest I'm sort of impartial to. Honestly, I did not don't did not have that much hands on on the rest of the ships. Right, right. How about you, uh, Kiki? 
It's interesting. I think they all have a wealth of potential left to be uncovered. Um, the Herald's interesting because it it's simultaneously going to be a ship that can retrieve the data and run the data, but it yes. could also just run data. Right. I think the weird part about it is the data lockers are on the outside of the ship, which is super Drake, but it also means that the integrity of the data is very much at risk um, to attack. Um, the Terrapin's definitely going to be interesting because I feel like it's a combination of it could be used much more as a science vessel, um, but also could be used for fleet reconnaissance. Um, besides just the armor plating being durable, it will have, um, just like the Carrick has, a shield that goes over the cockpit. Yeah. So, it, 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 and you hit it right on the head with that with the Terrapin. It, it's uh, it's a capable ship that does some a lot of things fairly well, I think, in the yeah. future. And I um, love the look. I just love it. And it's a fast, agile little ship for being so chunky. Right. You know, for being such a, you know, tanky ship. Um, also one of the very few that has a ramp on the side. Yes. Um, I think the tracker, where I think it could be interesting, I think it could be interesting when it comes to the broader picture of Command and Conquer or Command and Control. <laughs> Wrong yes. game. Um, Especially in fight and in multi-ship fights. Yeah, like I'm curious if if ships like that and the Terrapin and other sort of you know scanning oriented vessels might be required to fully map out a battlefield, not just for your battalion, but also to go back to the Idris or the capital ship. Right? Because if you think about how ships are going to mask information, your own capital ship could mask enemy ships flying around it. And so you need scanners in multiple locations in order to pick up smaller ships. Right. So I think that's they'll be used to pinpoint signatures more, even for the bigger ships, I feel like. Right. Um, I hope so, at least. That seems interesting to me. Um, what should we, oh, the, um, I mean, I find the Mantis to be a unique beast, and I think part of it is we're not at a point where we can easily identify a shipping lane unless you just drop out a quantum in the middle of a trip. Right. So, until that gameplay comes out... The Mantis doesn't really serve much of a purpose, and I still I grapple with how it's going to serve a purpose pulling someone out of quantum for a lawful purpose. And they make it sound like that's the goal, but it's not like it's not like you could particularly target, you know, pirates or anything like that. So I don't know. And it's also right. sort of a sit and wait there type of ship. So right. Don't know how that's going to play out. Now, from disallowing someone from quantuming away, I think that's where it adds its value. But then if I was going to go do that, then I'd much sooner get a Cuddy Blue, which does the same thing. It quantum dampens. 
Right. I, I um, think that, like, I see, I see a, I don't know if you ever watched Battlestar Galactica. Ever, I uh, haven't, ironically. I, I've so been they have, they have their to. fighters and then they have their support ship, which is, a, mm-hmm. which is a two-person ship that's always out there doing scouting and supporting the fighters. And, uh, you know, there's a feel, all of these have that feel, but they're yeah. single-seat ships. Yeah. Right. The Terrapin, if it was a two seat ship, I would feel a little bit better about it. Yeah. But it doesn't I mean, have it, a room it's two, inside. But there's for not two another bunks. bed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think the Mantis, you know, I could see the Mantis ringing a larger ship and dropping anything that comes in before it gets within close range of the bigger ship. Yeah. You, know, you just basically stop them 20 clicks out, you know. Or 15 clicks out where the big ship's guns can start hitting it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and the, and the Hornet, right now it's kind of a neglected, the Hornet tracker I think is a little neglected right now. But for squadrons, I think if you can increase their effectiveness as a squadron, like maybe um, you know the ability to redirect missiles so there's no, we're not all firing at the same ships, right? Maybe yeah. it picks and prioritizes, and when you launch a missile, it goes at one of the four targets based on, or one of the three targets that have been selected by the uh, the tracker. Um, some, you know, some multiplica- multiplier of your fighter capability. I think that will that makes it interesting to me because it is a fighter. It carries the nose gun. It can carry wing guns. It's yeah, you know, it's a hornet in all set in all ways. So, yeah. Wow, so that I mean, was my this week's. I liked it. I it's definitely liked different. it. Um, Chekhov. It would be also one of the common. If uh, Harold is a very fast ship, right? The yeah. fastest in game. I almost if they would have given it a size two quantum drive, that would make it one of the most desirable sort of around the round ships yeah. in game period. A hundred percent. It's not a quiet ship, I'm sure. Yeah. No, no, but that's the cool factor also about it. But it's fast. It should be able to escape a lot of scenarios. I could see that yeah. puppy dodging missiles. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, Chekhov, we didn't get a chance to really play that much, um, Seagard and I. Have you done anything in the name of science? Uh, actually... Yeah, well, I don't know if this is... uh... Well, then we might as well just play the theme. Yeah, you should. (laughs) (laughs) Good man. I I see where you were going with this. (laughs) You know, I was listening the other day. Actually, my my daughters insisted to listen to the podcast where Chekhov falls asleep. Oh, that's so funny. Very amusing. (laughs) 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 Your daughter's daughter listens to the podcast? No, she specifically listened for that reason. Oh. Now, now I think it became a, a tad more popular because I'm sure she uh, she sent a link to all her friends. So. Oh, goodness. <laughs> I mean, I will say it's – is it one of the more popular ones? I always I always want to know. Uh, yeah, it's almost, it's almost up to 300. Uh, it's getting there. Yeah. I mean, your name appears in almost, it appears in like probably one out of every three episodes. 
Oh, that's <laughs> cool. Thank you. Some episodes more than others. Right. <laughs> yeah. So this is not, this is, has to do a little bit more with tech than science, but I was, um, you know, trying to improve uh, you know, c combat. Well, th this probably applies more to science. Let me do the, 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 this one first. I have two, actually. One, w what I'm finding is that, uh, you know, we always kind of are looking around for Aaron's halo uh, and uh, around the verse and the quickest way to get there. What, what I'm noticing it, and I tried it several times, you can actually, by looking at a star map, and by uh, you know keeping it uh, at the default position, and then now that we have a little triangle, right, the green triangle, mm -hmm. um, you it, it visually, uh, I believe in this patch because it wasn't the case before. It became fairly accurate. Is when you see your ship on top of the halo, you could drop out. Uh, and the you know probably I would say 90% of the time you would be in the halo. So you don't really need to now really know the exact miles or look at map, you know, find the stuff on the internet. You could actually look at the star map and visually see as you're traveling, you know, through the halo. But again, the the map has to be in a default view, so it, it, you cannot expand it. So it has to be, uh, I guess, retracted or or uh, yeah, and then and then visually you will fall into halo by just seeing where your triangle is. Mm -hmm. And then you could drop out there. So that's one thing that I kind of experiment with. Second, I experimented with a setting, uh, which is called the ESP. I don't know if a lot of uh, uh, you guys out there are aware of that setting does, but I found that most don't and don't use it. Well, by default, it's either on or off, but where it really becomes uh, useful is in actually the game setting, which is uh, if you go down, it is in your uh, game setting tab, somewhere down, I guess, middle of the way, mm -hmm. and you're going to find it says it's a, well, ESP stands for Enhanced Stick Precision Zone Size, and then the second setting, which is in degrees, is enhanced stick precision dampening curvature. So what that does, it actually uh, makes your uh, 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 the the the, um, uh, the aim stick to the tip of the target, right? Mm -hmm. So so you, so your crosshair becomes stickier uh, depending on the adjustment of these two settings. Say so if you uh, you know having a lot of trouble, especially for your beginners out there, you know getting good aim on a target, or somebody switching to fix from gimbaled weapons, this is really a way for you to become more accurate with your aim. Uh, and I believe this does, even though it says it's a stick precision, I don't play with mouse and keyboard. I believe it also works with mouse and keyboard. So the the settings that you should be using is actually you max out. The first one, which is the zone size, all the way to 20, mm -hmm. and then you minimize the second one, the curvature, down to one. And that makes it the stickiest, meaning you will, it's almost, you will, it's noticeably stickier. It kind of the, the crosshair literally kind of like a magnet lands on that pip and stays there. So those are my two bits for science for this. That's good. That's great. Uh, now, I assumed, Seaguard, you didn't have anything, but just in case, I don't want to assume. Did you 
actually have anything I, for something? I really didn't. Uh, well, I will tell you one thing I discovered, which is interesting for people who have an alternate char- character. Um, it can happen with any character. So I, I have an alternate character, and I was having problems logging with my noble character. Tried my alternate character, and somehow my password is not working, which means I probably have forgotten it, even though I've written it down. So... Mm-hmm. Uh, so it gives you the option of resetting your password, right? And, you know, typical thing, it says, give me the email associated with your account, and it fires you a message. And I received that message. But what it comes up with is it says, unfortunately, your account, the email is not associated with any account. Yet I have emails when I open the account saying, here's your you know, here's your email, your account is now associated and all that. And that is an error. Um, so there is a known error that if you run into, you, you're not able to reset your password um, because you're you're unassociated with the to the mm-hmm. email, then you're going to have a very difficult time sending them a trouble ticket because you can't log in. There's no way of getting it? into the game. So that's what I was running into, and I realized this is not going to work. Luckily, I do have my other account, and I had just done a reset. So today, when I logged in as my normal character, I actually put all the information in the ticket under my main character and sent it in, referencing my alternate character. But this is a known error. So you could potentially, um, and it's in the FAQs that's described, you, you could find yourself unassociated from your account, <clears throat> and you're you're gonna have a hard time getting a ticket. So something to be aware of and um, to to read the FAQ on, right? But it's only when you have an alt. No, I, I think it can oh. happen to any account. Oh, yeah. And it was very frustrating because I'm like, I followed, I followed the even on the message it says it's unassociated. It says follow this link and submit a ticket. Well, when you get there, it says please log in. Well, guess what? That's what I'm trying to do. <laughs> yeah. Call me on my phone. My phone's broken, but call me anyway. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> What's your cell phone? <laughs> you know, it's, it's no just, longer working. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, you may have to use a friend, you know, and, and pull up some of your old emails showing how your account was set up, and and then they can maybe create a ticket on your behalf, and then. Uh, I'm sure CIG, you know, was looking at it, but uh, I thought it was interesting. It's actually listed in the FAQ, so that's my bit for science today. Wow, very cool. I mean, cool, Not cool to but, know, yeah. but it's yeah. cool to yeah. know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, um, can you imagine you have a bunch of ships on the dead account? <laughs> yeah, thank goodness you have an alt. Yeah. But I created it just a while back, and never. Re- I don't really use it a lot. It's just a guy with a Delta. Uh, I'm sorry, Mustang Alpha. But uh, I'm going to start using it as a. I'd like to start on a night where I get on someone else's ship. Maybe they have a ship they want to play, and they want to crew it one night a week. I'd just be a regular crew guy, and I'd like to, you know, you know, maybe it's a mole, maybe it's a whatever, and uh, make some profit that way, and then um, see what I can earn. But just start. Like Chekhov and I used to play on usually on Mondays or it's Tuesdays and Thursdays we used to play, mm-hmm. right? We used to link mm-hmm. up. But pick one night a week where I'm gonna do that account only. Instead of using always the same Seaguard one. Nice. 
Yeah. Um, cool. Yeah. So, um, before we dive into um, questions and such, uh, we did get an update from our friend Kilgore. Oh, good. Good, good, good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, he said, the journey continues. Just got to Wyoming. In my opinion, CIG needs to do a polish on Western Kansas. Also, <laughs> uh, got mm. to meet Chekhov and Seaguard. There's pictures um, in that folder. I'll, I'll add it in the show notes again. Uh-huh. Um, it's a couple of farm animals. <laughs> and he said, uh, which was nice. pretty cool. In terms of character building, this trip has me feeling pretty benevolent. It makes me want to abandon the trolley lifestyle of space piracy. Then I hear you guys nerding out over logistics and expedition ships, and all I want to do is pad ram you into dust. <laughs> Joy face. Much love. <laughs> Kilgore. <laughs> oh, he's funny. Yeah. Well, actually, the character is the best ship in the game. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, last time I got pad grabbed was by an Aurora who ran for my Caterpillar, landing at Hurston, uh, uh, yeah, and he just detonated on the, sh- on the shields. There was no damage. <laughs> <laughs> gotta, gotta love those large-sized shields. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. So this week was unique. We had three questions um, from the hosts, not just Seaguard's question, but we all had a question. Uh, and so Seaguard's question, um, which was multifaceted, as only a Seaguard question can be. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he says, uh, which of these factors constrains you cargo hauling uh Constrained you from cargo hauling gameplay the most. Ship cargo capacity, cargo availability, upfront cost of buying cargo. Um, and then two, what of these factors limits the value of cargo you're willing to risk hauling? Risk of pirates, risk of 30Ks, and expendable credit. Mm. Um, and then... Chekhov's question was, when did you first hear about Star Citizen? Where did you hear about Star Citizen? And what made you decide to play? Um, and my question was, since it's, since this is our one-year birth anniversary, what was your favorite readcast moment so far? So, uh, Boris Kraken says... Um, Answer to Seaguard's question one, definitely cargo availability uh, due to the linked servers. Sorry, I keep hearing a noise, and it's my cat with his water dish. Uh, Due to the now linked servers, when a new server spools up, they all get reset. Um, Number two, risk of 30K. So that's what makes Boris avoid cargo coin. His answer to Chekhov. He said, was a Kickstarter. A mate looked at it in 2012, 2013. He's from, what is it? He's from Australia, right? New Zealand. Mm -hmm. Australia. Australia, that's what I thought. Uh, He said, I was unsure about Kickstarter, so did not take the plunge. Then when playing World of of Warships with said, he would stream it. Then I thought I would take a look and went all in. And then my answer, um, 
what was your favorite thing about, what was your favorite recast moment? It would have to be the first time Chekhov goes vague and has to have the questions asked again <laughs> as he is distracted playing the game. Um, by the way, Chekhov, you will see this is quite a reoccurring theme. Uh, okay, but by the way, can I, can I not be distracted since I'm cracking Quantanium right now? We'll try not to. Uh, so Canuck2099 uh, answered one question. Uh, so he answered yours, Seaguard. He said, cargo availability for me is the biggest factor. However, while I feel there should be more units available at various outposts, the expectation that a pilot should be able to land at a small outpost in Yella and be able to fill Hercules C2 with a rare commodity any and every time they decide to is unrealistic, even in a video game. Um, yes, I think the problem yeah. is that they're not available anywhere else, so that's what they need to start doing. Eventually. Um, second response. As a rule, I treat risk according to my total wealth. Currently in the state of the game, if I have 1 million Alpha UEC, I'm comfortable risking a quarter of that, a.k.a. 200. Well, he said risking 250,000. Uh, because we have no other costs than fuel and a very slight bit of wear, we have no docking fees, storage fees, hangar fees, rent, overhead, no real maintenance costs, real fuel costs. We don't even lose components when a ship blows, etc. So it's cheap to quote-unquote live um, in the game universe. Once things get fleshed out and we have more overhead, that is what will determine my investment risk on hauling or commodity trading. Good answer. That's a good answer. Yes. Yeah, they're both been, both been excellent. <laughs> Um, you can always trust a good answer from Canuck, but yes, people, we, we usually get some pretty good ones. Um, by the way, I posted our questions afterwards, so this is why some didn't answer everything. Okay. Um, Mavros says, uh, cargo availability. I'm not as aware of how much there is of anything anywhere, but with these stock depleted problems, it's been difficult doing a decent run. Risk of 30K for sure. I would not mind being boarded. That risk is part of the game as it should be, even potentially fun. But losing um, over a million credits load due to a 30K is pretty annoying. Um, Nyar responds with, Cargo availability is currently the greatest obstacle to satisfying cargo gameplay. Also, I would say a lack of high profit margin cargo makes it difficult for smaller ships to engage in meaningful cargo runs. Two, I would cite risk of bugs in general rather than just 30Ks as being primary danger facing cargo haulers. I find that pilot error is another major risk factor, but the less said of that, the better. Hmm. Um, then MK3 Generic says, availability. While I can turn a profit on lesser valuable goods, that's just mainly thanks to having a massive hold. Counting in fuel costs of a C2, the profit becomes abysmal and is not a good method for earning money. Uh, 30K disconnects are the main issue. I'm not willing to move valuable commodities frequently. Um, so, you know, that kind of uh, brings one thought to mind about the 30K. You can really hedge them the same way we're hedging right now. Yeah. Uh, doing that that whole, uh, you know, refinery haul. Yeah. It, it does restrict you to only car carrying cargo yeah. where you could turn around and request landing again. Yeah. Right? 
So, uh, and Sigurd, you probably know yeah. if that's possible or not. But you yeah. could totally uh, sort of eliminate your 30K risk doing that. I would imagine it's the same. Uh, and then he, he further says, the only expensive commodity I move is refined quantanium. Since I can mentally compartmentalize it as not yet money. I mean, yeah, it didn't cost money. It cost time. Well, just the refining money. Um, to your question, Chekhov, he said Kickstarter um, is where he learned about it. Didn't pledge until 3.11.1, and glad I waited that long. And to mine, uh, he said, the moment when Seagard shared his hauling story in which he was trading at a loss. The head of logistics trading at a loss. <laughs> <laughs> buying the over the understocked cargo yeah, right. and selling it at the overstocked <laughs> locations. <laughs> My um, parents said smart children. I'm just not one of them. <laughs> um, uh, Quadnum says. <laughs> Um, to your question, Seagard, lack of available cargo to fill the largest transports impedes my ability to make money fast enough. Uh, risk of 30K, I'd spend nearly 100% of my money to fill a ship if it weren't for 30K and losing it. If I lose it in a battle with a pirate, I can live with that. But to lose it to a bug causing a crash is intolerable. Uh, to your question, Chekhov, he says, I've been a backer since the 2012 original wow. Kickstarter, and a fan of Chris Roberts from his early developer days. I played all of the Wing Commander series, which was some of um, some of the inspiration towards leaning into... Uh, sorry. Some of the in inspiration towards learning the mm -hmm. intri intricacies of game development, which has been my hobby for over 30 years. Mm. My only hesitation backing the game was how much to spend. <laughs> <laughs> I often hear you guys talk about the early days of the hangar modules, but how about the shooting range when you could take any oh, ship yeah. cannon and mount it to a module in the hangar and practice firing it? That was a blash, bl blash, <laughs> blast. <laughs> I wish they would put that back in the hangar. I hadn't uh, learned about that. I was in there, but I hadn't learned that yet. So. <laughs> Uh, to my question, I must say my favorite part of the podcast happens nearly every week from the comedy escapades of Chekhov. What was the mm. question? I wasn't listening. I was playing the game. He cracks me up. Love you, Chekhov. <laughs> Love y'all. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and then Kilgore treated us via text to his response. Mm. He actually has answers to um, multiple questions because yes. either I missed it or I, I think he was a week behind and I didn't realize. Because I thought he texted us ages ago and I just missed it, but it was he's he actually just recently texted us. Oh, okay. And um, I just didn't realize it. I'm it glad came he's doing okay. Well, yeah. He's yeah. He said, as for this week's question, so this was the week before, I'd like to see medical gameplay that has players taking hospital roles and through various skills healing injured and, and dead players. The doctor's skill set at the minigame would determine the outcome for the hospitalized player. For example, skilled doctor is able to fully heal 
as if no injury took place. Less skilled doctor results in permanent uh, health point loss or reduced limb function, etc. As in real life, your provider would make a huge difference in your recovery. I expect that this first Mm. phase of medical gameplay will make the game clunky and annoying with little benefit, just like food and water. And that's when he said, sorry, mate. I'm a week behind because of the of the being in the wilderness thing. <laughs> Check off. I was heavily involved in watching Stargate SG One last winter, and whilst YouTubing an SG One mod for Arma Three, I saw a video of some players force, forcefully boarding a hammerhead in space and killing its crew. Downloaded the game that night. See oh, the cool. thirty the thirty Ks and other crashes dissuade me from doing anything but murder. And that was then, just his, I always see him as most likely to run the prison library on Kalesher. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's got his whole little side hustle and everything. He does, he does. <laughs> uh, and then he says, Geeky, my favorite parts of the show are when Chekhov says, Sorry, I was on mute at least once an episode. When Geeky adds something incredibly valuable to the conversation that no one else considered, and when Seagart finds a way to incorporate his days in a tank to his logistics <laughs> gameplay. <laughs> and of course, when any of you say my name. <laughs> nice, he's good. We definitely need to get him on as a guest. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, too funny. Can't be shy. Um. <laughs> So funny. Um, well, we're glad to see you're doing well, Kilgore, and thanks for adding the regular levity to the conversation. Um, funny enough, we didn't get a single question this past week. Um, so what I would say, um, I, I would say something that Bloody Badger asked in chat today as he wanted us to do it as a ship comparison. Um, but I think this is a great place for it. He had asked us um, to talk a little bit about what we think would be an interesting ground vehicle. Yeah. And its purpose. So, Seagard, what would be an interesting ground vehicle to you? So, I, I would, I definitely like something about the size of the ballista um, that would act as a base on the ground. In other words, you could log out from it, you'd have a bed, a bathroom. Um, it would allow you to, to, to travel more on the ground and see the ground from very, very close you know, levels uh, and find things, right? Find, mm-hmm. It's not as efficient as a ship, but I'm sure there's some reason that can be adopted in the game for why you have to use it. But uh, I would like to see that type of vehicle, um, a base of operations ship, let's call it that. Cool. A vehicle. Yeah. What about you, Chekhov? What kind of vehicle do you want to see? I would like to see a bicycle so Kilgore can bicycle not only in the real world, but he can also go around (laughs) Daybar. Hey, 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 when we get the roads, there's something to drive on, right? (laughs) Exactly. Well, there is a motorcycle coming. No, no, no. He needs a real bicycle. (laughs) He has to pedal. When we're going to send him out there with limited supplies of water so he can ration. Well, he'll just have to steal it from others that he comes. Oh, that's across. true. That's true. That he's going to come for us anyway. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But we're just going to give him the dark gun. 
<laughs> you know, uh, can I add one more thing too? Sure. The uh, the ability to have a bed that you can log out in means that you don't have to restart the next day by flying a ship in or yeah. any of those other things. I guess you could do that from a ship on the ground, but I've done it. But I don't know. I just think it would be good to have a vehicle you could do that with. Yeah. So I'm similar to you, Seaguard, except I'm thinking much more specific type of base of operations. I'd really like a science-driven vehicle. I think of, like, the trailers in The Lost World, Jurassic Park, where there's, like, scanning stations and science, you know, like, sort of like if you took the Reliant Sen... And turned it into a ground vehicle with a little bit more stuff going on. That'd be right. pretty cool. The hard part is, I, it would be, it, it would kind of have to be relatively big, but it can't be too big because then it won't navigate very well. So I could see it, like you said, ballista size. Um, and since the Carrick would have has the swappable modules, that would be a great ship for it to to exit from with one of the modules. Yeah. Um. That's just me. <laughs> but, you know, hopefully it has enough shields for when Kilgore flies down to try and murder us. <laughs> so, um, if you do have any other points of interest you ever want to talk about during the podcast, whether it's a question, whether it's an answer to Seaguard's question, uh, please submit them via uh, email at readcastsc at gmail.com. Uh, DM our Twitter handle at ReadcastSC. Submit a, a voice message through Anchor. You could join our Readcast Discord, or you can text us at 646-783-8154. You could also leave a voicemail. Um, Seagard, do you have a question for this week? I do, I, and I have a topic for next week we're going to talk about. But uh, but for this week, um, so... I. So the question is about characters, right? We currently build our characters. Some people don't care how they look. Some people really care how they look like me. I'm a fashion diva, right? But I thought uh, you were going to so, say a fascist. I was like, geez. No, fashion <laughs> diva. So, uh, you know, so the question is, how do you feel about some aspects of your character being randomized by the game? And, and generally, these would not be visible to the player. They would be things that you can discover while you're playing. So, for example, um, Cap, you know, Captain Kirk wears glasses when he gets older because in Star Trek because he, he has an allergy to a medicine that, that would correct his vision. So he can't take the corrective surgery. So his character is forced to wear glasses. It's, you know, it's a, a, a quirk of the character. Uh, but, you know, things like allergies to medicines. Right? Mm. I'm, I'm allergic to penicillin. If you by accident and you know in a space situation inject me with penicillin, I would probably die in a relatively, you know, miserable way over a couple of days, uh, or at least have some very bad side effects. Uh, phobias is another one. I think. Um, can you imagine if your character you didn't know your character was scared of heights, so you show up a crusader and for the first time and you're like, oh man, this is not for me. And, and you can have the effect of having like blurred vision or telescopic vision where it's narrowed down really tight. Uh, just some things that would make your character a little bit more um, fun to un- unlock, as, not unlock, but to discover as you played the game in situations. That's a great question. Excellent. Um, 
Well, that, my friends, uh, brings us to the end of another fun-filled episode. If, uh, if you are out there looking for that crew, not the murderous kind, Kilgore, um, <laughs> but the kind that's respectful, law-abiding, you know, essentially care bears, as he would describe us, mm-hmm. uh, then take a look at Reed. It stands for Research and Engineering Through Exploration and Discovery. Um, we also have a few content creators out there. Um, so uh, in addition to our podcast, take a look at uh, uh, Earth's videos on YouTube, uh, as well as listen to the music that Admiral Cody and Calibri are creating. Uh, some really great stuff. They're doing a whole soundtrack, including the music that you hear in this episode. Um, all the links for that stuff can be found below. Um, and yeah, thanks again, everyone, for listening this week. Thank you. This was a lot of fun. Sorry, yeah, it was fun. Yeah, it's a good one. Long one. Yeah. Well, it's not our longest either. So, <laughs> <laughs> bye, everybody. Bye-bye.